Good morning. If you are a guest like me, uh, good morning from the, uh, or to the interweb world. Uh, hi, Mom. Uh, and it's just a, it's a blessing to be with uh, each of you this morning. Um, I, it's just, I'm so excited when I was just ecstatic when Pastor Tim asked me uh, to come back. I love Shepherd's Gate. I love being here. I love all of you. Uh, Jesus is clearly working through all of you here, uh, and that's why I just I love the opportunity to be able to to share God's word with you, and that's what we get to do uh, this morning. Uh, so again, uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, uh, my name is Tyler. I get to serve as the vicar at Family of God as a pastor in training. I'll be, as Pastor Tim said, I'll be ordained uh, this coming January. Uh, and it's just, I love being able to serve uh, the folks at Family of God. And if you don't know uh, about Family of God, shameless plug, check us out at uh, Family of God or FOGDetroit.com. Uh, uh, check out all of the cool things that are happening. Um, but basically what we get to do at Family of God, the, the, the people that make up our congregation, we have drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, we've got people who, are, who don't have homes uh, that kind of bounce around. But we have a lot of people that just overall don't have a whole lot of hope in their lives. And this is why I, I love being able to share the good news of Jesus with them because it, it gives them a new outlook on life. And if, you're, if you've gone through life not knowing Jesus and then you encounter Jesus, it is like night and day, right? Am I right? So, so I, I love that I get to do that. And this month, that we, we've been talking here at Shippers Gate about miracles and how God can choose to work outside of the natural means that he's put into place. Or, more likely, in today's day and age, God chooses to work actually through the natural means uh, that he's put into place. Uh, and it can be through uh, simple things like food uh, that we receive or water that we drink or the clothes that we wear or even, as we're going to discuss today, the people that we get to interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. God is always providing for us, even when we don't see it. And I started thinking, what about these moments in our lives when, when we really don't put all of our trust into those words of God? Right? When we have you know, thoughts of, God, I'm hungry. Don't you care? God, I'm financially unstable. Don't you care? God, don't you care? about my needs? We've all had these moments, but God has promised to provide for us. And sometimes he shows up and he provides for us in very unexpected ways. And I want to share a story with you to kind of illustrate this. And the reason I want to share this story with you as we uh, look and pull up the first slide, uh, the reason I want to share this story with you is because it taught me so much about the power that our God has. So this picture here is, I think, I think I might have shown it at the first service, or at the, or the first time that I was here. Um, I know I showed it at the first service. Uh, but, so this is, the, this is the new, or the old building at Family of God, very, very cramped, okay? So this is where the story happened, was in this very room. Now, there was one night, it was a Friday night, and for those of you uh, that, that know Family of God, you know that people at Family of God rely on the church to provide for their every single daily need, including food. And this night was no different. So I want you to imagine the smells of the inner city, okay? I want you to imagine the smell of body odor, the smell of booze, the smell of mustiness, 
that cramped feeling that you get when you're sitting in a room, you know, there's 40 people trying to sit in a room that's really set for 25 people. Imagine, you know, these big cockroaches scuttling around on the floor. That was a, that was a real reality for us in this building. And on this particular evening, uh, I, I'll never forget it because it was one of the first, uh, the first experiences that I had. I hadn't only been coming to Family of God for a, for a really short time. And we had pepperoni pizza from the Domino's that was right down the street. And there was a gentleman that walked in. And this is my first encounter with him. He's, he's, he's been at Family of God. He always comes to Family of God now. But he came in during dinner, and he walked over. He got some food. And he sat down. He ate the food. Uh, it was a, he was a bearded man. He had torn clothes. He had mismatched shoes. His pants were soaking wet. He was using a cane, and he stumbled across the floor to get, the, to, get to where he needed to be. And he was reeking of Jack Daniels. And he, from the outside, people would look at this man and go, he's just another alcoholic. But this man taught me so much that night, he doesn't even know that. So he goes in, he eats, he grabs his food. After he eats, he goes back up to the line, knowing that he wasn't going to eat for probably Friday, or Friday, the rest of Friday night, into Saturday, maybe even Sunday. Wouldn't get another, any more food until maybe Monday. So he goes in, he takes pizza, two or three pieces, wraps them up in tinfoil, puts them in his coat pockets, he sits down, he has Bible study. And about halfway through Bible study, another man comes in. I think actually he's in, he's, the, he's, facing, the, he's facing the wall, He's, he's kind of in the foreground. He's got, the, he's got long hair. Uh, you can see the little girl that's kind of looking at the camera. He's right behind her. He walked in, looked over at the table, walked over there, and was really distraught and saddened because we were halfway through Bible study and there was no more food left. So he goes and he sits down for Bible study anyway. And I'll never forget what happened next. This man, who I talked, mentioned before, he stands up, he stumbles over to David, and he reaches in his pockets, and he gives him the food that he had is in his pockets. And he said, here you go, sir. I'll never forget that, because it taught me about God's provision. It's really set the tone for what family of God is, how God works through family of God. But again, it showed me that God not only cares about our physical needs, but he provides for our physical needs as well. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And before we do that, I'd like to just uh, open up, well, well, we'll have a prayer time before we really dive into, into God's Word. So if you would, please, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for another opportunity here in your house. Lord, we feel your presence here, and we thank you that, that we have the opportunity to serve you, to worship you. Lord, we ask that uh, as we meditate on your word, that the meditations of our hearts and that the words of my mouth, that they'd be pleasing in your sight. And on this Step Out and Serve Sunday, we ask that you would help us to be more than just hearers of that word, uh, but doers of your word as well. And we ask all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So our text, main text for today, comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians. And he writes this. He says, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Pretty straightforward. But there's a lot behind this text, okay? We know a lot about Paul. I'm not going to go into all the details about Paul, but I will say this. Paul truly helps to put everything into perspective as, as we read, you know, things that he writes like this. And 
what Philippians really is, it's a thank you letter. Paul is writing a thank you letter to the Philippians. He's writing it from prison. Okay, let me say that again. Paul is writing a thank you letter from prison to the Philippians, just thanking them for their provision, for their encouragement, for their care, or for their, them caring for him. So Paul has been locked away. He's having everything taken from him, and yet he is still rejoicing in the Lord. He's still preaching the gospel, and he's still giving thanks. It's been said a couple times, I've heard this, that, that verses 10 through 20 could have been their own letter because of what Paul writes in them. And it's so fitting that our text for today comes from this section. And it's the same section that has a verse that all of us know and love, Philippians 4.13, which is, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul can say that because God is supplying him with everything that he needs. And God is going to supply us. That's why we can do all things through Christ, because it's Christ who strengthens us. That's why Paul can write a thank you letter from prison, because God is strengthening him. So Paul's encouragement for us comes from his faith in God, who promises to meet his needs, because he knows that we have a God who cares. Now, do you believe this? Amen. Amen, right? We believe this, right? We just confessed this, okay? The Apostles' Creed, which we just said, we said, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Now, I have a good friend. His name is Martin Luther. <laughs> and he wrote the, he's the, you know, he founded the Lutheran Church, which we have the blessing to be a part of. And he wrote an exposition based upon, okay, so when we read this, what is it exactly that we are saying when we confess, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? And he writes this. He says, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and he still takes care of them. And then he says, he also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. And then he goes on to say, all of this he does out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all of this, it is my duty to thank and praise and to serve and obey him. So when we confess, I believe in God the Father Almighty, we are confessing that we believe that God meets, meets us and provides for all of our needs. And he gives us everything that we need. Not always the things that we want, right? But he gives us everything that we need, both through natural means and through means that only he can work through. Now there's two stories in Scripture that I want to share with you uh, this morning. There's one from the New Testament, and there's one from the Old Testament, so we're kind of taking a biblical journey here. But the reason that I want to share with you an Old Testament story is because I really want to emphasize the fact that, that God was providing for the needs even before Jesus arrived on the scene, okay? So if you take Elijah, for example, 1 Kings 17, 2-6, says, And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here, 
and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Chereth, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Chereth, and that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So this is really the first time that Elijah has come on the scene in the Old Testament. And what we know about Elijah, that he's you know, one of the major prophets, one of the more famous prophets. And there were many times in his long journey that he was provided for, that God provided for him, because Elijah had a mission. And God was leading him on this mission. And what we can learn from Elijah is that when God guides, he always provides. You guys can tweet that if you would like, okay? (laughs) When God guides, he always provides. See, God commanded Elijah to leave and to go to this place, and he does this immediately after he says that there's going to be no rain, that there's going to be a drought. I can only imagine the conversation kind of going on between Elijah and God at this time, right? Elijah says something along the lines of, really, dude, you just said that there's going to be no rain, and now you want me to leave. And then God says, well, don't worry, guy, there's a brook that there's going to be there for you to, to, for you to drink from. And then Elijah responds, well, what about my home? What about my home? There's going to be nothing to eat there. I can't do that. God says, oh, yeah, don't worry about that either. See, those ravens, they're going to bring you food. By the way, I told them to do that. And by the way, it's not going to be just bread. It's going to be meat, right? God already knew the needs of man, right? Brisket, steak, all that fun stuff. <laughs> God provides for Elijah, but he doesn't just, doesn't just provide for him. He goes above and beyond and makes sure that Elijah has everything that he needs. And wouldn't you know it, that Elijah gets to the ravine, he drinks, he eats, till the brook dries up, and then God leads him away. And again, when God guides, he's always providing See, for Elijah, God worked within his creation. He could have made food magically appear. That happens later in 1 Kings, if you keep reading. But he chose in this moment to work within the means of his creation, which he often does for us today. Okay? And for the rest of Elijah's ministry, God does this. He leads him and he provides for his needs because God cares. And in fact, our God has such great compassion for us and for Elijah, so much that sometimes, sometimes, he goes above and beyond, and he works outside of natural means that he's put into place. So if we fast forward to the New Testament, when Jesus is now in the picture, and we read, we see one of the more famous stories in the New Testament, when Jesus feeds 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Right, so Jesus at this point in time has withdrawn away from the crowds because John the, John the Baptist has been beheaded. And all these crowds continue to seek, to seek him, to find him. And then it says, and I love this, this is before we get to this part here, but if you read Matthew 14, you'll see that it says that Jesus looked and saw and he had compassion on the crowds. Remember last time that I was here, we talked about compassion, how compassion is taking our faith, taking our love, and putting it into action, right? So Jesus sees the crowds. He springs into action. And the disciples say, Jesus, we want you to send these crowds away. 
And Jesus says, no, you guys don't get it. Feed them. I want you to feed them. But Jesus, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. How on earth are we going to feed all these people? Jesus says, okay, I'm going to show you. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven, he said a blessing, and then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate, and they all were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. See, we like to think that Jesus only fed 5,000. But what does this say? 5,000 men besides women and children. He served more than 5,000 people on this day with five, with five loaves of bread and two fish. Right? And it's a crowd of people who probably, quite frankly, didn't deserve to be provided for. Because in this crowd, you can just about guarantee that there were people in this crowd who would later line up and yell, crucify him. And yet God continued, Jesus still continued to provide for their needs. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the God that we get to worship. This is the God that we get to serve. This is the God that we get to love. It's a God who can take barely any food and multiply it to feed literally thousands of people. We have a generous God. We have a compassionate God. And we have a God who provides extravagantly for all of our needs because he cares for their needs. He cares for my needs. And he cares for your needs. So what does this mean for you when you go home today? Does it mean that that loaf of bread that's in your cabinet is going to become five loaves of bread by the time that you get home? If that does, tell Pastor Tim, right? Take a picture, say, I swear. Does it mean that your dog or your cat is going to go to the grocery store for you to provide, to bring you back the food that you need? Probably not. But again, how cool would that be? But what it means for us is that God is continuing to provide for our needs every single day, just as he did for Elijah and just as he did for the crowds. And for us, he does things like, you know, through the rain, he brings fruit from the ground, right? Through other water sources, he quenches our thirst. Through our jobs that we've been blessed with, we're able to purchase clothing to put on our backs. Through trees and other resources, we're able to make homes for us to live in. And it's important for us to remember this morning that everything that we have, everything that we have, comes from God. And he gives this to us out of pure love, pure goodness, without any merit of our own. We have done nothing to deserve the things that God has given to us. But our God is a father who cares. He's a father who has given up his one and only son, Jesus, for you, satisfying your ultimate need, which is the need for forgiveness, the need for eternal life, and the need for deliverance from the devil. And he gives that to you. When we deserve nothing, God gave us everything. When we deserved absolutely nothing, God gave us everything and more. And all, because all that we have is, is his, it's inevitable that we respond to him with praise, with love, with thanksgiving. And we respond in a way that not a whole lot of us like to do sometimes. And that's serving. And the way that we serve, when we serve, it's an outpouring of everything that God has given to us. 
And in serving our neighbors, we become part of God's great and miraculous provision. Through step out and serve, we become part of God's provision for somebody else. And that's why this is so important for us this morning. Because God can use people like you, even you, and people like me to serve people and to bring them into this life-giving relationship with Jesus. And you have a wonderful opportunity coming up in this next month to do that. But before we talk a little bit more about that, I want to show you a video. And in this video, it's going to highlight four volunteers from Shepherd's Gate who have, God has used to make a profound impact in the life of our people at Family of God. So I'm going to invite you to, 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 just to watch it, and then uh, and we'll continue to talk a little bit more about how God can use us. I'm just helping somebody get some food to take home. There you go. And there's lots of yummy food, so it's a good thing. For a mission church in Detroit's west side, volunteers are a must. Helpers cook meals, they lead Bible studies, and most importantly, lend a much-needed ear. Pat and Chris Simikevich, along with Paul and Marcy Stickle, have been regulars on Monday night at Family of God for a couple of years now. They make the hour-long trek through Detroit's rush hour every Monday just to be here. Everyone who walks in the door, including us, has issues going on in their lives. Some of them are really severe and uh, they're really strong and society tells them that you're a reject, you're worthless, you're nothing. Um, but that's not true. It's like taking in God's word. Hanging out at Family of God wasn't always a priority though. When I first started I would like bring down 20 trays of food and then leave so I could get home before traffic. Well I learned that if I stay I can get home after traffic. <laughs> Which is even better. <laughs> Sticking around meant joining in and even leading the Bible study. You read six. Six. What keeps coming back? The people, the kids, the kids. You don't realize how bad the kids have it. You know, and the kids down here, they need it bad. They need the consistency, and, and I just fell in love with them. They're just great kids. Coming to the Bible studies and meeting people, I grow. Every week I grow. This is, this is where I do my Bible study now. I do my own at home, but this is my church where I do my Bible study with. That's not the only kind of growth they see here at Family of God. We can also see the power of God, and He can break the chains of addictions, and we've seen it here. Yeah, we have seen people go from just being so broken, so incredibly broken, and God can change that. Whether it's a change in others or their own hearts, the volunteers from Shepherd's Gate feel blessed to know the people of Family of God. Just come down here and just create relationships with the people here and um, just trying to make a difference in their life and um, teach them how loved they are by God and how they matter doesn't matter where they live, um, but they matter, and we love them, and we want to show them that God loves them, too. Well, I love it. You're not stuck with it. You're stuck with me. The first time, the first time you knew my name, I went, yeah. all right, he's stuck with us. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know if you caught that last part. Uh, Pat said something along the lines of, I'm not stuck with you, you're stuck with me. <laughs> Um, and I, we, I showed that video, and we, we decided to show that video not, for, not to, to promote Family of God or to promote Pat and Chris and Paul and Marcy, but to, just to illustrate that 
God can use you. God can use you to reach into the depths of the places and the hearts of people where there's not a lot of people that want to go there. There's nobody that is too far gone. And God can use us to reach them. And there's another, there's another woman from Shepherd's Gate, Michelle Soltman, who has, who has started to, to, to put together a, a group uh, to start you know, bringing, more, bringing food down. And God is using this group to, uh, to, bring, to bring food and sustenance to this community. We had another group uh, for, the long, for seven or eight years I did the same thing on the fourth Sunday of every month, bringing food and providing sustenance and God using them to meet the needs of his people. And there's going to be places today, right, when you go out the door and you make your way out to the ice cream Sunday line, and then you go to, you know, and you see all the places to sign up. There's going to be all kinds of places like Family of God. There's going to be other incredible ministries for you to sign up to serve. And I want you to think about where God might be calling you to serve in these places. Where can God use you to provide for the needs of someone else? And how are you going to respond to the goodness of God that has been given to you when you least deserved it? How are you going to respond to help and to serve someone else? To be that provision for someone else? Because the reality for all of us is that we don't know how big of a blessing that we can be. We don't know how big of a blessing that we can be. Do not underestimate the power of simple serving. Because Jesus is building his kingdom through people like us. It's not us that's building the kingdom. It's Jesus doing it through us, using us to do that. And that's why step out and serve is so important. So after the service, I would encourage you to go out there and sign up to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But before you do that, I want to share with you one final story. And... I tend to get a little emotional when I tell this story, so if I do, I apologize. Uh, but this story, it takes place during Advent, so it was a little bit colder at Family of God, uh, whether it just started to turn cold. And it, it makes it a really rough go of it, as you would imagine, for folks that, that come in off the street that don't have the basic needs that you and I have, that don't have a roof over their head, that don't have a jacket on their back, that don't have dry shoes, so on this particular night, this gentleman walks through the door. And many of, again, many of you know that you know, the beautiful tapestry of people that make up family of God, and I believe that when I say that. Hundreds of people make their way through the doors every, you know, during the months and the years. But on this particular evening, a man walked in out of the cold, and he had a light brown coat on. He had a gray winter hat just kind of sitting on the top of his head because he couldn't get it around all of his hair that was frozen together, that was kind of... Uh, gooked together with grease and grime and dirt. He was, wearing, he was wearing brown women's boots that were soaking wet from trudging around in the slush for the last couple of days. And like the first man in the story, this man had a very violent odor about him, except his came from his clothes being soiled all the way through. So he makes his way through the, through the crowd at Family of God, and he finds one of our elders, and he asked him, well, John asked him, what is it that you need from us? And this man spoke very, through his broken English, said, I just want to wash my feet. So we were able to find him a mop bucket. We filled it with warm water, 
and he was able to wash his feet. And a group of volunteers, they proceeded to help him uh, gather up new clothes, you know, find a towel, find some soap, socks, underwear, and even a brand new pair of shoes that had just been donated a couple weeks before. The only pair of shoes in our church, and they were his size. <laughs> and it was just, I, it was just the, the reminder of how cool is God? How cool is God that he was able to use that and to know that this man was going to come in weeks before he even did. But I tell you this story. It was fitting because that this story was during Advent because as we're serving this man and the smells are just filling this room so much to the point where you almost feel like you need to cover your nose or at least hold your breath. And I couldn't help but think I know other volunteers have said this too. Couldn't help but think that these are the same smells that were swirling around the night that Jesus was born in the manger. And then we started thinking. Matthew 25 says, whatever you did for the least of these my brothers, you did for me. So when John is putting shoes on this man's feet, and Amanda, our director of development, is putting a jacket, a brand new jacket on this man. They're not just serving him. They're serving royalty. They're serving Jesus. They are serving our king who has given his life as a ransom for many, who died for both of the men in that picture, who died for each person in this room. Brothers and sisters in Christ, never underestimate the power of your service. Never underestimate the power of your service to the kingdom of God. Because God can use you. And he will use you. And when he does, new lives are brought into the kingdom of heaven. And it is absolutely incredible. My encouragement for you today is to go out there Find that spot. Find that spot where God is leading you. Because when God guides, he provides, right? God is going to provide you with the tools that you need to do the things that he wants you to do. And it might be as simple as washing someone's feet, finding someone a pair of shoes. It could be whatever that may be. But God is leading you there. So rejoice this morning that God has met each and every one of your needs. And rejoice by taking those things, taking the, the thanksgiving that you have that is just outpouring out of your gratitude for the one who came for you, the one who provides for you, and pour into someone else. Love someone else. Because when you love extravagantly, Jesus is always going to show up. I promise you because I have seen it with my own two eyes, day in and day out. God is going to use you. Again, yes, even you. If you don't think that God can use you, you're wrong. God can use whoever he wants to. Just look at the Bible. God can use you, and he will use you. So after service today, make your way out there. Find a spot. Find the place, the niche, wherever you like. Because this isn't just about family of God. God. God is not confined to a certain space. Okay, God is everywhere. 
okay? God is in all different kinds of ministries. But when you find the ministry that God has called you to, take advantage of it. Serve. Serve with everything that you have because you might be the provision that God is using for someone else, whatever that may be. It's today, as we sign up, it's about supporting these ministries that God uses so that they see and they receive this unbelievable gift, this unbelievable provision of God through hands and feet like yours. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Heavenly Father, you are so, so good. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your Son, Jesus Christ, who came into our mess, who took on our sin, who, who gave us eternal life, who's forgiven us of all of our sins, who has made us right with you. Lord, we ask that as we depart from this place, that we would be, that you would work in our hearts, that you would stir up a hunger in us for more of you, to serve you, to love your people in the way that you've loved us. Lord, we ask that we'd be able to do that boldly, that we would respond out of, out of the goodness that you've given to us. And Lord, we thank you for, for, for providing for all of our needs. Lord, help us to provide for the needs of others. We thank you, and we love you, and we worship you. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus, who is our servant king. Amen.